Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. We're going to be starting a new series this morning and we're already three quarters of the way through the year. 2023, flying by. It's blink and it's done type thing. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm really looking forward to this series and we've entitled this series God's Word. And it's going to be a really powerful one. And I can't wait for Andrew Stone next week. And it's going to be a great few weeks in the house. But I really felt to do this, this series because of the fact that as we go into, I would call it the final quarter of the year, you know, for the basketball fans out there or maybe the footy fans out there. It's the final quarter, right? And it's the one that matters. And we want to make sure that we're continuing to press into all that God has for us. We want to make sure we're continuing to follow Him and all that He has for us and all that He's asking for us as we head into the second, us uh, in the last quarter of this year. And to kick off this series, I would love to read from Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It will be up on the screens if you want to follow as well. It says this, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came and the streams rose and the winds blew against the house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. When you pray with me this morning, dear Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would speak to us through your word this morning, God. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would deposit something in our spirit and in our hearts that would ultimately lead to a transformation, Lord. Lord God, may we not only meet with you, Lord God, but may we ultimately be transformed to be more like you, Christ. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would minister to us, that you would speak to us, that we would know you better, that we would know ourselves better, and would ultimately represent you better. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would step forward and I would step back in your precious and mighty name. And everyone said, and everyone said, amen. As I was mentioned uh, recently in our prayer meeting this morning, we had the incredible privilege of celebrating uh, a lovely young couple getting married on Friday. Uh, for those who know uh, Dan and Laura now, Cleasy, Dan and Laura Cleasy, because they're married, uh, incredible son and daughter of this house and uh, have been leading and serving for a long time. And it was so good to be there. A great day. The sun was shining. I got a little bit sunburnt, you know, on my receding hairline and my little bit of bald patch, which I'm going to pretend like I'm going to turn this way so you don't see it. But it was a great day. It was a great day celebrating. I always love celebrating young people and a young couple who, who commits their life to honouring God in, in every step that they can. And it was so good to be able to celebrate. But what it does, it always takes me down memory lane when it comes to my own marriage and my own relationship. Anyone else find them doing the same things? You go to a wedding and all of a sudden you start reflecting and remembering your wedding day and all that's gone on. And it's a great day and you love celebrating. It brings back all these nostalgic memories. And so for me, I found myself reminiscing and remembering what my wedding day was like. And I was like, man, what a special day. What an awesome day. I got to marry the most beautiful, amazing, perfect woman in the world. And she is my wife now, which is awesome. Now she's now a mother to my child. It's so awesome and so good. And then I continue to remember back into our dating years. And I remember, remember how awkward I was 
in their dating years. For those who don't know, me and Ashari dated long distance for two years at the start of our relationship. And can I just say, I spent many a phone call sitting in awkward silence. Just wanted to listen to her breathe. What a weird thing to say. But you do weird things when you're long distance, right? You're like, we tried this thing one time where we were on the phone and this was going back a, a kind of before FaceTime was as good as it is now, right? So FaceTime is kind of overtaken now, but back in the day, it was like Skype. We had to like actually boot up and the Skype sound would come in. And so one time we tried to watch a movie at the same time. She was in Adelaide, I was in Canberra and we tried to click play it on the movie at the same time so we could have a movie date while in, other, while in different states and it just did not work. The whole time I'm like, this is a great idea, but man, it just did not work at all. There was, a, there was a slight delay. And so you would hear like the dialogue one second later from the other person the whole time. And, and then you would try and get it. It just, it just, it was a mess. But what long distance did teach us how to do is make sure we learn how to communicate first. See, uh, we would spend a lot of time on the phone having lots of conversations. And I learned a lot about Ashari because what Long Distance taught me is that it wasn't just, hey, let's hang out, but I asked a lot of questions and she revealed a lot about herself and she let me into who she was, what she believed, what she valued and all that God has on her life through our conversation. Because a relationship can only be built when you know who the other person is. A relationship cannot be built if you do not know the other person. It is one-sided. It is just a, a relationship that does not flourish into something that is fruitful and effective when you do not know the other person. And Shari had to let me know who she was. Reality is I could not tell her who she was. She had to let me know who she was so that I could understand, fall more in love with her and as a result, end up building a relationship with her. And the, the thing is that God actually does the same thing with us. See, God is the king of the universe. And what he does, he wants relationship with us. See, relationship is literally all that God is about. Why? Because we see it in the Trinity, right? Right at the beginning of time, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit exist together in relationship, three in one. He cares about us. We see in, uh, in the Garden of Eden, we see that his priority is relationship with Adam and Eve. He cares about relationship. And the only way we can have relationship with God is not by us telling God who He is, but by Him revealing to us who He is. And the way that He does this is through a book called the Bible. The Bible. The Bible is a great book and it's otherwise known as God's Word. See, the Bible is a collection of 66 books, in case you didn't realize. It was written originally in three different language, languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. It was written across three continents and over 1,500 years by 40 different writers. And this is what I want, to, want us to look at today is that God authored the Bible through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and man wrote it down. So when we say someone wrote a book in the Bible, yes, that person wrote it down, but God authored it through the Holy Spirit inspiration in that person to write it down because the Bible is God revealing Himself to us. It's put this way, God self-defining Himself. He goes, hey, this is who I am. Just like when me and Ashari were dating, where she said, hey, this is what I value. This is what I love. This is who I am. That's what God does through the Bible. And His goal is that we might have relationship with Him. And His desire is that we might pick up the Bible, not just so we can fill up our time with reading, but rather so that we may get to know Him. The Bible is an incredible, incredible thing. Fun fact, it's one of the most reliable ancient documents that we have. And there's both the best-selling book of all time, selling 100 million copies a year, 
and also the most stolen book of all time. <laughs> the purpose of it is not to sell copies. The purpose of it is for us to get to know God so that we might engage with the Word, so that we might engage with God, get to know Him in all His wonder, in all His glory, in all His characteristics, and that we might fall in love with Him. And as a result, our relationship would grow. The Bible is the living Word of God. See, God has not given us His Word as a means for entertainment. He's given us His Word so that we might know Him. And this morning, I just wanted to look at a few things that the Bible is, and it's many things, but I've just pulled out four this morning, and I would love to look at them and then look at how we can actually engage with it at a new level this week. Does that sound good? Awesome. Number one is this, is that the Bible is alive and active. Everyone say alive. Everyone say active. And I don't mean you have to water it. It's all good. It's not like your, your house plant that you have to water every few days, but it's alive and active. What I mean by that, this is what I mean. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says this. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges, judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. What is the Scripture telling us? The Scripture is telling us that the Bible, the Word of God, is not an old book, but it is the live, active Word of God in our life on a daily basis. If you want to learn to hear the voice of God more, if you want to learn to hear what is God saying to you, my challenge, my encouragement would be to pick up the Bible. Why? Because that is how God speaks majority of the time through His Word, through His Scriptures into our life. Why? Because the Word of God is alive and active. This isn't an old book that just was written some 1,500, 2,000 years ago, uh, time and time again. No, no. What, what it is, is the Word of God into our life to encourage, to inspire, to challenge, to remind, to uplift, to point us to who God is. The Bible is alive and active. See, God is still speaking through His Word today. It speaks to our soul and our spirit. You'll read verses in the Bible and you'll do some study in the Bible that will speak to both your soul and your spirit. It will speak to your actions and how you outlive and some of your emotions, but sometimes it'll speak to your spirit as well on how to be reconciled with Christ and how to be reconciled with others and what it does, the Holy Spirit will speak through the living Word of God. See, whether we read it, we've never read it, sorry, or we've never stopped reading it, the Word of God is always speaking to us. And as we mature, the greater level of conversation is unlocked with God in His Word. Let me put it this way. I have a nine-month-old daughter and she is the best. She, she fills my heart with so much joy and I love uh, getting to know her as she grows up and, and she figures out the world and goes exploring and tears everything off the shelf at the moment and tries to move around and it's amazing. But our conversation has changed since she was first born. I never stopped speaking to her, but her understanding has shifted. And so as a result, our engagement and our relationship changes and becomes more mature as it goes. I never stopped speaking to her, but her understanding and the back and forth conversation changes. And as a result, I can let her in on greater and greater things in life. And as she continues to grow older, I'm sure our conversations will continue to change. Why? Because as she matures, so does our conversation. And as your maturity in your spiritual journey continues to grow, God will unlock more and more truths in His Word and His conversation with you will go to a whole nother level. I've read the Bible for a number of years, ever since I was a teenager at the moment. And it's amazing how many times I'll read a verse, get something out of it. And then a few years back, later, I'll go back over the same book 
and I get something else out of it that God speaks to me directly. And why? Because the Word of God is alive and active. It is not a dead old book. No, no, no. It's the living, breathing Word of God that speaks into our life, that pierces our hearts and separates between soul and spirit. God is always revealing greater truths and levels of Himself through the Word. Charles Spurgeon says this, Nobody ever outgrows Scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. Nobody ever outgrows Scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. We need to realize that the Bible is alive and active first. And secondly, what we need to realize is that the Bible is our bread. Everyone say bread. The Bible is our bread. The Bible is our sustaining food for our spiritual maturity. Matthew 4 verse 4 says this. This is Jesus talking. People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, if you want a physical transformation in your world, you have to watch what you eat. And if you want spiritual transformation in your world, you have to watch what you consume. As much as I would love to say that I could get a six-pack by eating Zinger Stackers all day long, it's not going to happen. And as much as I would say I would love to just grow in spiritual maturity, just existing and being, that's not going to happen. Why? Because it takes intentional study of His Word. It takes for me to get the bread. The Bible is my bread, the spiritual food to consume it so that I may have what I need to mature. Some of us are struggling to carry the weight of today, but it's because we've been starving ourselves in the Spirit. If you want a spiritual transformation, you've got to start eating the bread. You've got to start eating what you need in order for the transformation to be present in your life. Don't starve yourself of the food that God has given us. What's your primary source of spiritual food in your life? If you were to do a stock take and you would look at your week, just like we do when we want to get healthier, New Year's is coming around, there's a lot of resolutions that are going to be made. We look back and go, man, how much have I consumed? What haven't I done, etc.? We do a stock take. In the same way, right now in this moment, in your mind, just do a stock take of what does your spiritual food look like this last week? How have you engaged with the Bible being the bread in your life? How have you fed on God's living and active word in your life? And please, there's no condemnation because in Christ we are redeemed and we're restored and we are able to get up tomorrow morning and engage with His Word again. Because this is what I love about God is that even if we are out of habit, even if we're out of routine or we've never stepped into the fact that we've engaged in the Word, here's the thing about Jesus. He says, hey, let's just start tomorrow morning. The enemy is the accuser. He will come with accusations that will stop you from engaging with the bread of God. But Jesus says, come on, let's just do it tomorrow morning. Let's just get back on the train. Let's do a stock take because the Bible is the bread of our lives. So the Bible is alive and active. The Bible is our weapon. Uh, sorry, is our, is our bread. Spoiler alert. The Bible, number three, is our weapon. Everyone say weapon. The Bible is our weapon. Ephesians 6 verse 17 says this. Put on the helmet of salvation and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
For those of you who've been Christians a long time, you would know that this scripture is taken from what we call the armor of God. Fun fact, our kids ministry did a study in this, just this term, just being, it was incredible. It was so cool seeing all the kids come out with all their, their, their memory verses in it. It was so awesome. But this breaks down the armor of God. And what it says in this specific verse right here is that they would take the, spirit, the sword, which is the spirit and the word of God. Now, the fun fact, in the armor of God, everything else is for defensive measure. It talks about the helmet, it talks about the breastplate, it talks about the shield, it talks about the shoes. And what all that is, is to protect and help you to continue to move forward. But the only offensive thing in the armor of God is the Word. The only offensive thing we find in the armor of God is the Word of God. In other words, you need to start picking up your weapon if you want to start taking ground. You need to start picking up the Word of God if you want to start taking ground in your life. We actually see Jesus model this, right? Right before his public ministry, he goes into the desert and he, he fasts and he prays and he's seeking God and the devil comes to tempt him three times. And each time Jesus answers with scripture. Each time temptation comes, Jesus combats it, not with his self-belief, not with his will in himself, but rather with the word of God. It's an example for us to look to Jesus and go, how do I fight the fights? How do I fight temptation? How do I fight the thoughts? How do I fight all these things that are going on in the inside of me? And the way that we fight is by picking up the Word. It's the only way we can take ground. But if you want to use your weapon, you've got to have it in your hand. It's no good sitting on the bookshelf collecting dust. We've got to use it if we want to take ground. I found this as really helpful, a part of my life where back when I was in school, was severely addicted to pornography and there was a whole wrestle that was going on inside of me and I knew what God had for me and I wanted to walk in that, but there was just this addiction and this cycle that just kept, would not break, would not break, would not break. And I remember I got so fed up one day and I found this verse and it's 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible if you're allowed to have favorite verses, but it's just because it means so much to me and it helped me through such a time where it says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And this became my weapon that I fought the cycle of sin that I was stuck in with. And I actually wrote it on my hand because I was too young to get a tattoo. So I wrote it on my hand in pen every single day so that I could quote it to myself. So it was a visual reminder of what I wanted most over what I wanted now. And as a result, what began to happen is I began to fight the temptation. I began to fight the sin cycle in my life, not with through my own willpower, but through the Word of God declaring it over my life on a daily basis. I used to see it and it would remind me. And even if I think in a moment, even if I wasn't thinking or being tempted by anything and I saw it, if nothing else, it gave me the bread in a moment that I needed to sustain my spiritual maturity and growth to understand that I am not that sin cycle that I was stuck in, but God has redeemed me and restored me and I get to fight with the Word. How often do you find yourself fighting with the Word of God? Or do you find yourself fighting with the Word of God? Two different ways. You can fight with it as your weapon or you can be fighting with it constantly and not letting it bring the power into your life that it can. We've got to fight with our weapon. Fighting, fighting with Scripture allows us to overcome in our life. The way we fight isn't by quoting it, it's by living it. 
from our fourth observation this morning is this, that the Bible is not meant to inform us, but transform us. The Bible is not meant to inform us, it's meant to transform us. James 1 verse 22, this is James speaking, he says, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. We don't fight just by quoting it, we fight by living it. The word of people may inform us, but the word of God will always transform us. The Bible is not meant to give you a big head, but rather a big heart. See, God's goal is for you to be transformed, to be more like Christ. So my question is, for those of you who've been reading a long time and love the study of the word, which is great, please never lose that. But is it transforming your life as well? Are you partnering with your prayer? Are you partnering with seeking the presence of God, going, God, help me put this into practice. God, what is this revealing about you? How can I understand you better? How can you transform me to be more like you? See, the Word of God isn't to inform us, it's to transform us into more like Christ. It's God revealing Himself, and this is who I am. This is what I've called you to. This is what our relationship can look like. And it's meant to transform us into that each and every single day. The Word of God disciples us into transformation. And our transformation becomes a point of conversation that points to Jesus. Billy Graham says this, that we are the Bibles the world is reading. We are the creeds the world is needing. And we are the sermons the world is heeding. In other words, when you engage with Scripture and it transforms you, you minister to the world. You point to Jesus but if all we do is let it inform us, we're not pointing to Jesus, we're just pointing to our knowledge. It should always lead to a transformation in us. There was a, there was a study that was conducted by the Center of Bible Engagement. And uh, many of you might know this study, but for those that don't, I'll just give you a brief overview really quick. But essentially, the Center of Bible Engagement uh, did a poll of 40,000 people of the ages 8 to 80. And what they were looking at is looking at the, the effects and what it did when people engaged with the Word of God. And what they did is they looked at how many times a week people engaged and read with the Word of God. And what they did, they went one day, two day, three day, four day, five day, six day, etc. And what they found was those who read zero days and those who read the Word of God one to three days, there wasn't actually much difference in the way that they lived and how they conducted their lives. What they found was those who engaged with the Word of God four more days a week saw a drastic change in their world. They called this study the power of four. And this is what they found, ready? They found that those who engaged with the Word of God four or more times a week, in other words, the majority of their week, we're 30% less likely to feel lonely. We're 32% less likely to have anger issues. We're 60% less likely to feel spiritually stagnant. We're 57% less likely to get drunk. We're 61% less likely to struggle with pornography. And they were also 228% more likely to share their faith with others. 231% more likely to disciple others and 407% more likely to memorize Scripture just from engaging the Word four or more days a week. See, the Word of God is powerful. It's alive. It's active. But it's not meant to be informing us. It's meant to transform our life. 
And maybe sometimes you've engaged with the Word and you don't feel like you see transformation. But let me tell you, just like the study shows us, there will be a transformation that happens. Whether you see it or not, the people around you will see it begin to happen. And they'll begin to notice and they'll ask questions about what's going on. And all of a sudden, you'll find yourself 231% more likely to disciple others because there will be an engagement where they're going, hey, what's going on in your world right now? Hey, you're going through a tough time. Why are you so joyous? Hey, in the middle of what the world is calling a recession and financial hardship, how come you keep being generous? Because the Word of God, when we get it in our life, it transforms our life. And it will always lead and point back to Jesus. Every single time. The Word of God transforms us. But when we neglect that Bible, we don't miss knowledge, we miss God Himself. It's not about informing us, it's about transforming us. So my question then this morning is this. So why do so many of us struggle to pick up the word? Because what that study also showed is that it was over 50% of people who call themselves Christians and attend church on a, daily ba- on a weekly basis, sorry, that don't engage with the word more than four times a week. So why do we struggle with it? I think there's many reasons. I think that there's, uh, our, our schedules get busy. I think that sometimes uh, we just fall out of habit. There's a, there's a season in life where all of a sudden it gets really busy and we just fall out of the habit of it. I think that um, sometimes that we actually started it, but it, we didn't have accountability, and so it kind of broke down. But as I go through the, the list of why, I think there's one that probably stands out the most in a lot of my conversations with people these days. And the reason is this, is that I think that a lot of us don't know how to engage with the Word. And as a result, what happens is that we become overwhelmed and intimidated and as a result, end up procrastinating picking up the Word. Because where do you start? 66 books. Do you start at Genesis? Do you start in the New Testament? How do I know the context of what's going on? And it becomes quite overwhelming to think about studying the Word. And as a result, when we say, I don't know how to, and maybe you never know how to, or maybe you once did, but you've fallen out of the habit of, either way, we find ourselves in the same boat. But once again, I want to remind us that it's the live and living, active Word of God that is our bread, that is our weapon, and that will transform us. And if we aren't engaging in the Word on a daily basis, my, 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 my question this morning is, how well are we being transformed by Christ? So the, how do we engage with the Word then? And I've got... A really quick, just three practical tips for you on how to engage with the Word of God. And we've got this great series that's going to be unpacking a lot of this because just a reminder, this is the God's living and active Word that is seeking to transform your life. And how do we engage with the Word of God? Well, we need a time, a place, and a plan. Maybe you're like me, you grew up and you weren't sure how to read the Word. And so um, every now and then you do what we call the, the lucky dip method. Where you just open the Scripture and just like point to a random line. And you read it and you just hope that it's just going to jump out at you and be perfect timing. Now, don't get me wrong, God can speak through that 100%. Because he's all powerful and he can do whatever he wants, right? So the Holy Spirit can definitely do that. But more often than not, whenever I tried that, it was a verse that did not make any sense at all. <laughs> right? And if that's you, hey, this might be a helpful tool for you. See, we need a time, a place, and a plan. See, what you give time to shows what you value. And can I just say, if you don't feel like you have time to engage with the Word, the average person spends two and a half hours a day on social media. 
you don't feel like you have time, maybe just open up your screen time really quick while we're doing this and just look at how much time you spend on different apps in your, in your phone. And that's not to condemn you in no such way, just to highlight what you're valuing right now. When we do a stock take and when we look at what we're valuing, all of a sudden we begin to realize where we need to make some shifts sometimes and adjust some priorities in our life. And my, my, my suggestion would be, to be this week is make a time to engage with the Word. Make a time. My recommendation, because it's what I found the most helpful for me in my life, is for it to be morning. I love it in the morning when I, when I get up first thing. For me personally, I have to have a shower because otherwise I'm way too sleepy to engage with the Word. But I wake up and I have a shower and then I go sit down and I've got a coffee and I'm sitting down and I'm reading and engaging with the Word of God is the first thing I do in the morning. And the reason I love that is because I feel like it sets my day up for a win. I feel like it's giving my first of my day to God and that's why I love it is I love spending time with Him. But for some of you, that may not be a reality. You might be on shift work. You might have a lot of things going on. You might have a bunch of young kids in your house right now and the mornings are just hectic and crazy. But whatever you find yourself, find a time to spend time in the Word of God and prioritize it. Go, this is my time to engage with the Word. This is my time to actually study the Word and get to know God more and have it as a time that you can repeat on a daily basis. Because having a time is so crucial and it shows you what you value. Decide on a consistent time and stick to it this week. The second thing would be to have a place. The Bible actually calls this a secret place on encounter. When I say have a place, I don't mean you have to have a whole separate room for it. Right? You may have a study that you can go do your study in, right? and you may, you may be able to do that, and that's awesome. But maybe it's at the dining room table. Maybe it's at the kitchen counter. Maybe it's in your car once you pull up home before you go back into the house, but that's your place. That's your secret place. And you go, this is my moment of encounter with God. And not only have the time, but have the place of where you're going to do it. And can I just say for all the young adults out there, it doesn't have to be Instagrammable, all right? It doesn't have to be you at a cafe with your ice latte sitting there with all the, you know, like it doesn't, no, no, it's about a secret place between you and God. It's about engaging and discovering His Word, not showing everyone what you're doing. Have a time and have a place. To engage with the word. And then thirdly would be have a plan. Have a plan of attack. How are you going to do it? What is that going to look like? How are you going to engage with the word? Where do you start? What book are you going to read? How are you going to understand it? How are you going to know the context? All these questions are good questions if they lead us to having a plan. Choose a strategy for how you're going to tackle the word. Some of you might choose a devotional. You might have a devotional at home, which is a book, or you can download the YouVersion Bible app, and there you can literally just search a devotional on there. What it does, it will show you Scripture each and every single day and will give you a little thought to go along with the Scripture. That's a great strategy. If you haven't engaged with the Word and you want to know where to start, start there. Download the Bible app on your phone and do a devotional through the YouVersion Bible app. It's a great strategy. Maybe for you, you're going through something right now. Maybe you're struggling with anxiety or you're struggling with unforgiveness or you want to study a specific topic more. Well, in every Bible, at the back of the Bible, there's this thing called a concordance, right? If you go back to the back of the Bible, there's this thing called a concordance. And basically what it is, it covers all the a bunch of topics that you can literally go. So you can search up forgiveness. You go look at forgiveness and it gives you all the scriptures underneath that talk about forgiveness, and so then you can go through those scriptures maybe one day at a time and you can read those scriptures and begin to pull out what God is saying to you about your next step. 
the same with loneliness, the same with anxiety, the same with faith and all these things. It's called a concordance and it's at the back of your Bible. Some of you may want to study even at a greater level. And if that's you, I want to encourage you to do things like download the Read Scripture app by the Bible Society. Or you can also download what we call, it's an app called Blue Letter Bible, which is a great study in terms of the original languages and all this sort of stuff, all of which we can help you with. And if you were to fill out a Live Connected card and say, man, I want to know more about how to engage with the Word. We want to make sure we connect with you and equip you because this is a live and active living Word of God that is your bread, that is your weapon, and it will transform your life if you can engage with it. But you need a time, you need a place, and you need a plan because otherwise you will not do it. Not because your intentions are wrong, but because we're all humans. And if we do not have a time, if we do not have a place, and if we do not have a plan, we'll fail to upkeep it in our life. So I'm wondering if you could stand with me this morning as the band comes. And the start of this series is a very practical one. But if we don't put it into practice, we're just filling ourselves with information instead of outliving a revelation. And so my question for us this morning would be this. Is that this week, seven days, from now until next Sunday, that we would make a decision to actively engage in the living, active Word of God on a daily basis. That we would make a decision to prioritize the Bible so that we might understand who God is more, that our relationship with Him might grow, that our weapon may be picked up, that our bread may sustain us spiritually, but ultimately that we live a transformed life. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.